This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's back to Premier League action for City this weekend, but how likely is another Premier League title for the Blues this season? I keep forgetting how to do the introductions. It's Friday the 12th of January. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Ollie McCool. And I'm Alex Michelle. And this is the City Reports Podcast. It's here for Gundogan! It is a thrilling start for Manchester City. The fastest ever goal in an FA Cup final. 2023 is the City treble year. Champions of England, FA Cup winners, and now... Still wiping away those New Year cobwebs, or at least I am anyway. Um, welcome, 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 guys. Final episode of the week. Alex, good to see you. How's 2024 holding up so far? Yeah, it's doing well. It's been good for me. Uh, happy New Year's to, to both of you. I mean, it's like a week and a half past that now, but hey, <laughs> still, still, still in that mood. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it's been good to me. The year's been treating me well so far. Yeah, super stuff. Um, Ollie, footy is, well, at least Premier League footy is back this week. And it's always weird, isn't it, when we go through that Christmas period? And it was somewhat reduced this year. We had one match taken out. Usually we have another sort of around New Year's Day. Um, but you, you have like football, 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 football. And then suddenly you have to go back to actually doing real life tasks, which has, has proved an issue for me anyway. I don't know about you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could, that, the festive period, every other league in Europe, pretty much across the world takes a break and England ploughs on with football basically every single day and then you get to, and then you get to January and it's one match a week for a couple of weeks and it's just boring it's just, it, that's just it's not even just second of January hitting and the reality sets back in it's January starts and it's Sunday scaries every single day for 31 days that's how it feels <laughs> to me at least uh, but finally discussing mm. Premier League football in 2024 how nice is that 
Yeah, obviously for City anyway. Has any club played Premier League football this year? Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah, there would have been a couple on New Year's Day and, and um, that that wonderful West Ham Brighton 0-0 draw, which I'm sure everybody um, tuned in for. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll preview City's match against Newcastle today. If you haven't already, Andrew and Joe did a fantastic sort of in-depth preview yesterday. We're going to pick up the pieces from that later on in today's show. So if you haven't listened to that, obviously, after you're done with us here, um, I wanted to start off with a, a, a bit of fresh news, at least from the time of recording. Um, the Emirates FA Cup fixture in the fourth round against um, Tottenham Hotspur, City's trip to Tottenham Hotspur in the FA Cup has been confirmed as a Friday 8pm kickoff. Now, as soon as that news broke, I think most people look at it, at least those in this country will, will recognise how problematic that is. And I guess we could have a, a societal question about why the United Kingdom tends to shut down after 10 o'clock considering the sort of the amount of people, especially in, in the country's capital. But, um, City fans travelling, it was meant to be, or at least it will be, a 9,000 allocation. Not ideal. It means that most will have to take a day off work, or at least half a day off work, to be able to get down to Tottenham for that match. A quick look on the on the train website, the last train back from London. Um, conveniently, uh, departs London at full time. So unless you've got a teleportation device to get from North London to, to Euston Station, you're not going to be able to get the train. And yet again, it is just another kicking the proverbial bollocks for, for match-going football fans, really. I mean, the horse has bolted, obviously, with TV broadcasters and uh, very little care for match-going supporters, but things feel like they're certainly getting much worse. And for City supporters, anyway, that would have been a, I don't know, £30 match ticket, maybe 40 quid on trains, under a 100 quid trip. If you're going to do it via a stay-over, it's looking closer to 200 quid. And I just don't know why. That couldn't have been done at 5.30 on a Saturday. But Ollie, we've spent enough time, I guess, moaning about this. It doesn't feel like it's going to change. But at the same time, it feels important to bring it up because for the minority of people who will manage to go to those fixtures, it is an absolute disgrace. It's a double whammy of shit, is what that is, because it spurs away a stadium in a stadium we haven't <laughs> scored. In a, fi- in a fixture, I don't think we've scored in since 2017. Uh, so that's horrendous enough. We're going out the FA Cup probably um, to bloody Timo Werner. Great. And then they put it at 8 o'clock on a Friday. <laughs> yeah, so not only are you making it impossible for fans to travel by public transport unless you stay over, which, as we all know, the hotels in North London are going to, are going to price gouge that night to absolute hell. So, it's, it's, you know, we say, we're saying £200, but you're probably looking at closer to 250 in some in some places especially mm. with the demand there's going to be it's a weekend as well so there's going to be people coming down to london for weekends in london and what have you it's just they, there's no sense and logic to it. i get it that they want to put a big game to two top two top teams in the premier league on tv it makes complete sense that it's picked for television but what doesn't make sense is th- why they make these sort of selections you know i don't understand the logic in m- putting fans out of pocket almost, you know, pissing fans off mm. because, and then they, and then they complain that people are sat at home illegally streaming. Well, yeah, if it wasn't for the likes of Sky and BT, who obviously uh, TNT, who don't have the FA Cup, you know, it's BBC and ITV who take the pickings, but it's, but we've seen every broadcaster do this so many times, you know, and it's, and it's crap for fans at home as well. Cause you know, if we lose, that's their weekend ruined, you know, you're not going to be able to enjoy a good weekend of FA mm. Cup football, knowing your team's just been knocked out of it when you are potentially on the path to another treble again you know as, as the defending champions we want to defend our crown you know not only are you sending us the bloody spurs away 
um to get knocked out you, you know you send it you're sending us on eight o'clock on a friday you know if those going those who make the trip fair play to them you know whether you drive down whether you stay over mm. whatever you manage to do fair play to them but um you know for i think every single fan it just it just reminds you that you know they don't care about us and you know for the fans who do go they'll be over police because it's a nighttime game and it's you know there's history of you know constant history of how football fans get treated in person by police and security especially in london nowadays the metropolitan police are only getting harder and harder on mm. them it's it's just a disgrace all round um you know what could have been a really fun a fun game for a lot of fans you know you know, going down on a going down on Saturday, even on a Sunday, you know, going having a, having a great time in London, and now it's you know you're going down on a Friday night, and you're either driving back up what four or five hours, or you know you come mm. back the next day probably with a loss on the books. Absolutely, just I, yeah. I don't get it. I, I don't understand why they keep making these sorts of decisions. It just makes no sense to me. Uh, succinctly put, um, Alex, do you, do you always have a giggle when us um, us us Brits start complaining about four hour drives? I mean, that that's a trip to the supermarket for you. Like, <laughs> um, obviously, joking. I, I know. Obviously, um, the US has some wonderful transport transport networks, but I guess <laughs> comparatively speaking, those, those journeys probably um, pale in comparison to some of your sports teams. Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily something that I can sympathize with but i definitely you know feel bad for for the state of things because mm. you know a lot of what i've heard over the past year or two has just been you know negativity on negativity and yeah i mean it's it's just something that's completely different with the culture over here obviously like geographically speaking and then also mm. just with the, the amount of land you, you have to work with and, and whatnot so yeah it's it's something that i can't really relate to but you know i, I feel for for, for everyone everyone that you know, get, gets put in the way by, by these yeah. circumstances, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's going to happen again. It's, it's not going to stop. And, and I guess we could only speak about it when it does happen. We've lucky enough to have a platform that's big enough to get out to your ears and hopefully one day, uh, maybe fingers crossed it will change. Although not holding out too much hope. Um, let's speak about some football then. Before I do, I just wanted to extend the, the, um, the sympathies share to ex city manager Sven Goran Eriksson, um, wonderful bloke i mean possibly next week we could even have a look at doing some more in-depth coverage of his time at city because i know it was jesus going back a few years now um even for some of us and and yeah it's it's heartbreaking news he was a a true footballing maverick and we just wish him as much happiness as he can possibly get in in whatever time he has left but um alex i'll stick with you then turning to the match on saturday um a trip up north as opposed to down south for city this weekend um thoughts and feelings heading into that one because i think what four or five weeks ago we were looking at this fixture as a potentially tricky one on the fixture list and personally speaking anyway I think it still is however I think given Newcastle's injuries and given their sort of recent form City go into it and obviously coupled with the fact City are are in in good form themselves City go into it with uh sort of I guess a swagger and and confidence about themselves yeah for sure it seems like pretty much the best time you could catch you know a game against Newcastle at St James Park Obviously. Which is now a confirmed defeat. You've said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously, as you said, it's still going to be very difficult. You know, they're, mm. the 11 that they still have to put out is still of great quality. The fans aren't changing. You know, that variable is, is always going to re- remain a constant. But, you know, they do have, uh, you know, they, they've had some, you know, bumps in the road recently, to say the least. And along with that has come, you know, 
poor form. Defensive performances have have gone down a bit. So, you know, typically I think we'd be sitting here and, and as the two discussed yesterday, sometimes you have a game like this and you just want to come away with a point. Whereas here that mindset has certainly shifted, as you said, with where City are going, with the, the quality of the last few performances that we've seen, coupled with, you know, Newcastle's woes right now. And, you know, this is a game where you'd be disappointed if City didn't come away with all three points. And I think that's just the bottom line. You know, this is another sort of, statement performances it seems like we're saying that every single week now with city we're just in that point of the season where arsenal and liverpool are putting on the pressure it's not you know make mm. or break every single game but it feels like every single win every single three points is a statement and i think that holds true this weekend we, we go on about we go on about it a lot and, and a lot of other city supporters and podcasts and youtube etc do as well but um we go on ollie about cities winning streaks and they're often that their ability to often go on one around this time of the year are we in the makings of one do you think now obviously I think it's um five on the trot could turn into six if we beat Newcastle um it feels like we might have quietly started one but given the form at points this season already I'm 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 a bit hesitant to say yes this is it because I know We've seen it already. Flick of a switch, we can have a wonderful performance, dominate a team, but we can might draw one one or two two, or we could have an absolute stinker like we saw at Aston Villa, and you know there's a defeat. So I, I'm a little bit wary. I think this is a massive task for City and a, and a real sort of um, indicator of where they are this season. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I look back at this fixture last year. You know that ridiculous three three um, where City had the chances to put the game to bed. Um, there was controversial decisions in that. You know, I still think Kieran Trippier should have had a red card in that game, and that would have probably changed the whole complexion mm. of that game. Um, so it's it's one of those fixtures where you've got to be careful because Newcastle are a team that you know they they play on 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 the front foot almost. You know, they're very very aggressive. They're very very forthright, and they've maintained that under Eddie Howe his entire tenure so far. So you know, we've got to be wary of that. But at the same time, we're Manchester City, we're the treble winners. We're Looking like our form has improved, we're getting players back every week. It seems at the moment, uh, which is a, which is always mm. great. Even if they're not ready to play full ninety minutes, you know, just having Kevin De Bruyne out there last weekend for what, what was it half an hour or something felt magical. Um, mm. I think it was one or two assists he got. Yes, it was against Huddersfield, but still, it's just great to see the big man back. Um, it's those sort of things you're looking for. You're looking for City to put in a performance that can inspire confidence. I, you know. I've gone on about when the win streak is going to come. I've said, you know, we've needed to get one started for a while. And yes, there's one starting, but I think when it comes to the league, you've got to get five or six games in before it can be taken seriously. And I think we're at two, maybe three in the league at the moment. So it's, you know, not not fully formed yet. But if City can keep it going and just eking out wins, you know, they don't need to be putting in 100% performances yet. That comes down the road when you start to play, when we've got Anfield coming up, when we've got the return of, when we've got the return of Man United, when we've got... Um, you know some of those games in the running, which look pretty tough. So for now, it's just about it's just about getting the win. And you know Newcastle are a great team, but they're in a little bit of a difficult patch. They haven't won a game in the league since six, the sixteenth of December against Fulham. I think I, I just read. Um, mm. It's it's but it's it's still not going to be easy. But we this this is a team we've just got to beat. You know it's I don't care what kind of performance they put, and I don't care who scores the goals. I don't care if it's a one-nil smash and grab with a dodgy penalty in the 85th minute. I really don't care how we get the win as long as we mm-hmm. walk out with the three points. Um, especially because our recent performances at St James's Park have 
you know, not been that great. You know, there was the cup game a few months ago, which was just not very good. Um, obviously the three, three last season, I still remember the two, two in 1920, where it looked like we won. It was very much like what we've seen from city this season looked like they'd won it. And then they took it away by giving away a stupid free yeah. kick. Um, we can't, we can't afford to be slipping up, you know, and, Arsenal, yes, they're in a bit of a stumble. Liverpool do, but Liverpool look mighty. Um, and some might say it's down to luck. Some may mm. say whatever they want about Liverpool, but they're a team who knows how to win. And we're a team who knows how to win. We've just got to start proving it again. Um, but it, there's no, there's, it's no shock that you know nearly, nearly every pundit is now saying City to win the league. We, we have that sense mm. of inevitability about us. It's now time for the boys to go out there and prove it. Yeah, it does feel like that. Um, it'll be interesting to see, given the fact this is the only Premier League match until the end of the month, 31st of January. Uh, I feel like we said it a few times, but it's worth reiterating because City can leave everything out there, basically, because there's going to be um, a lovely all-expenses-paid trip to Abu Dhabi uh, for the lads to um, enjoy some sunshine in a couple of weeks, having only just got back from uh, Saudi Arabia. So um, maybe Qatar next. They can tick off all the Middle Eastern nations. Um, but Alex, in terms of the players who, who might play, you're obviously famed somewhat on, on Twitter slash X for your or um, super handy and, and, and really entertaining um, predict what, 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 what was the actual term predict yeah line, pred- prediction, line of prediction but, it, yeah. but it's, it's, it's the thing I love about it is the percentage chance of playing and, yeah, and I'm, starting I'm, odds I, yeah. yeah the starting odds that's it um, <laughs> it's, it's really fun it's really good to see um, but anyway um, well, what do you expect to see from City because I reckon without any stats to sort of back this up I reckon this is probably the most players Guardiola has had available to him since let's say the end of the transfer window, because um, obviously it's that season, Laporte was still here, McAtee, Palmer, etc. So, in terms of the squad, we ended the transfer window with Stones out, um, Harland probably out, although he's, he has been training. It could be as close to full strength um, as as we've seen for a while. Yeah, it's sort of teetering right on that edge. I think even with that said, I think it's a relatively straightforward eleven this weekend because, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, Stones is out, Akanji should be out. I think there have been mixed reports as to whether he is trained, you know, on on Thursday if, yeah. or not. I, I assume even if he has, he won't be included at the weekend simply because there's another back four sitting there to be, you know, you don't need to risk him. As you said, when you have two weeks off after that to, to recover, it doesn't seem like a risk worth taking. So it seems like at the back, it, Vardiol, Ake, Ruben, and Walker across that back line seems pretty mm. set in stone. Uh, you know, I think... The other big question, as you noted, is is whether Holland will be fit. Again, it's a matter of even if he is fit, is it worth taking any risk there? Because even if he is fit and the physios clear him, you're still sitting there knowing that you have two Mm. weeks afterwards. Does it make sense to risk him when you can keep him on the bench and if need be, bring him on for a cameo? I don't necessarily think so. I, I don't think it's worth taking that risk. So... I would personally expect at the moment for, for Julian Alvarez to start up top. And then, you know, I, I don't think any, any of us really expect Kevin De Bruyne to start. I think he, he makes a cameo, but probably doesn't start. And from there, the only real question is, you know, who starts in midfield in terms of the final spot of you know, Kovacic, Nunez, uh, even Rico Lewis, potentially. I think Kovacic is probably mm. the favorite there, especially when you look at the sort of physical prowess of Newcastle's midfield. And then, obviously on the left wing, whether it's going to be Doku or Grealish. And again, I think for me, there's two parts to it. One would be 
the fact that you don't necessarily need to risk Doku from the start, given it is a muscle injury, given he could re-aggravate it when you have two weeks afterwards. And then also, even if he was at full fitness, as Andrew discussed yesterday, I do think it is a, a selection that makes more sense to put, put Grealish there to start. He can add that extra layer of control, and then you have Doku to come off the bench. So, you know, I, I assume for me, Grealish, Alvarez, Bernardo across the front three, Kovacic, Rodri, and Foden through the middle. Yeah, um, I, I can subscribe to that definitely, which means we'll see anything but it at St. James's Park yeah, exactly. on Saturday when um, <laughs> when we start out with, I don't know, Kyle Walker right wing and Akanji's back and he's playing right back and he's a back five, you know, whatever it's going to be. Um feels like when Guardiola has time to think about these lineups, then suddenly we come out with something a little bit uh, lopsided and, and um, unorthodox. But um, I, I guess sort of the main talking point, and it was covered by the lads yesterday, Ollie, and, and it's going to be a talking point if, well, pretty much for the rest of the season is Kevin De Bruyne. And um, last part before we go to the break, so keep it snappy if we can, but uh, how do you expect Kevin De, Kevin De Bruyne to be reintegrated to the City team? Because I was on one of the uh, City Extra panel shows um, earlier in the week and I was having this debate with Martin from Mancunian Way. He was, he was saying that they basically expect De Bruyne to be used more than people are saying. And, and you know, the fact that he's he played 40-odd minutes against um, Huddersfield Town at the weekend, you know, he's up there. If he, if he wasn't fit enough, the doctors wouldn't have him there to be playing, etc., etc. But for me personally, I, I imagine Kevin De Bruyne's return will be monitored throughout the rest of this season. And I made the comparison there, and, and I'm going to do it again and slightly embarrass myself. Maybe, Alex, you can help me out, but... It feels like American sports have these specialist players, you know, an NFL kicker or something. I'm getting nods. Is that kind of correct? <laughs> I mean, keep going. I'm not 100% sure where you're going with this, but I'm following but along for now. Yeah, these players who you can just sort of bring in for specific situations. And in football, you don't really have that because the number of substitutions are obviously limited. But to go back to it, Ollie. I imagine Kevin De Bruyne will be used in the biggest of big matches and I'm looking through the schedule. We've got a, a run of fixtures. I think it's United, Brighton, Chelsea, uh, not Chelsea, sorry, uh, Liverpool, um, Arsenal as well and obviously Champions League games. By then, he needs to be up fit and firing 100% because City City's hopes will hinge on him being fit there. But in this next month or two, I don't see the point in playing him over the top. And I think at Newcastle on Saturday starting him is probably a non-negotiable but even still 20 minutes off the bench with Doku as you mentioned Alex would have been great um Ollie what, what what's your thoughts on where, where are you chiming in on this one well frankly I mean he said Pep said that he's not ready for to start yet so he's not he's not starting on he's not starting this weekend I think we can make that abundantly clear yeah. I'd be very very surprised if he did I'd still I'd actually be very surprised if he started against Burnley at the end of the month I think you know because mm. of the nature of that injury and because he came back and immediately re-injured it, the exact same thing. You don't want to have that happen again. You don't want him to go, get half an hour into a start against Newcastle or Burnley and his hammy goes again and then he's out for the rest of the season because he will be at that point. Um, you want to ramp him up slowly. And, and if that means, you know, taking the next four or five weeks and just, you know, not giving him tons and tons of game time, not giving him tons and tons of starts, that's fine. Because if we get into that period where we've got United, where we've got Brown, where we've got Liverpool, we get into the running and we've got Champions League games, um, hopefully, depends how Copenhagen goes, you never know. Um, but if we're getting mm-hmm. into quarterfinals and it's against the likes of Real Madrid or Bayern again, you're going to want Kevin De Bruyne for them. And, you know, if if the choice is between, you know, giving Kevin De Bruyne 90 minutes in the FA Cup or giving him, you know, 60 minutes against Real Madrid in the Champions League quarterfinal, I'm taking him in the Champions League quarterfinal any day. 
Um, he he's the sort mm. of player that you, as you say, you bring him out for the big big occasions because he will always perform. Um, it just depends how his recovery goes because obviously a player is always in recovery until he's back starting every single week. And with Kevin De Bruyne, nothing is more true than that, especially because he his history is taking time to get up to speed. Yeah, and um, he's going to look good doing it. The new locks are certainly a look from me anyway. I know there's been some debate about that, but I think he looks ace. Um, that'll do for part one. We'll wrap up the week with a little bit of title race chat. So stay exactly where you are. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season. And the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the City Report podcast with Ollie and Alex to round off the week. Alex, any weekend plans? Um, anything interesting going on down, down your end? Yeah, I'm actually traveling up to New York City uh, tomorrow. Oh, for, uh, my, my birthday is in the middle of next week. So going up there to hang out with no some friends. No way. Yeah. So lovely stuff. Big plans um, for me, actually. Yeah, yeah obviously I know because we've spoken before. But for for listeners, a little bit of uh, background: where are you based on that um, wonderful country of yours? About what a thousand odd miles away? I don't actually know the distance. To be that <laughs> yeah, I don't be, know. That might be completely off it, or maybe a bit more. No, I'm based in uh, in Maryland, in Central Maryland, sort of right between DC and Baltimore, more or less. Pretty much grown up in this area my whole life. Lovely stuff, lovely stuff. Um, well then, Alex, to return back to the football quickly before we round off for the weekend, um, let's have a check into the title because I think it's it's been a while, obviously. I'm trying to think. Sheffield United, I think, was City's last game in the Premier League and, and not much has changed since then. So for the benefit of the listeners, I'll do um, a quick one to five, I reckon we can probably call them as, as teams with a possibility of winning the league. Sorry, West Ham, Brighton and Manchester United. But um, first, Liverpool played 20 on 45 points. Second, Aston Villa played 20 on 42. Third, a City played 19 on 40. That would obviously go to 43 should they win the game in hand. Fourth, at Arsenal, um, obviously the, the October champions. Unfortunately, they've dropped off a little bit. They've played 20 and are on 40 points as well. Um, and fifth, Ah, Tottenham Hotspur, 20 played, 39 points. Um, How's this shaping up for you then? Because Liverpool are top, still. Aston Villa are second, still. City have, despite the the meltdown, um, sort of midway through uh, November and December, are still in in the race. And and runaway leaders Arsenal are in fourth. So do you feel like it's going to be this close for the rest of the season? I, I keep expecting a team teams to drop off plural but so far it still remains quite bunched up yeah exactly i don't know 
quite what to make of it. And I think the other part of teams dropping off is you also need the teams to sort of skyrocket up the ranks as well. And, <laughs> you know, like we've seen with City and with Arsenal and Liverpool, it doesn't seem like any of what I think most people would consider the three true contenders have really got that spring in their step and are on the bounce. Again, maybe maybe we're entering that phase right now. Liverpool have been pretty damn dominant of late. But it, it's weird because at the start of the season, it was sort of City or Arsenal. That was just the, the general discourse around it. It was sort of one or the other. And then slowly, you know, you get Liverpool who... I think some people had sort of like pushed off and almost written off in a sense, myself included, potentially, mm. you know, they, you just look at the table all of a sudden 14, 15 game weeks in and they're right near the top. And it's like, how did this happen? Sort of. And then mm. along with them, you have, you have, you know, Villa, of course, who are just sort of buzzing around like a pesky mosquito almost. So it's, it's a tough one. I would say that I do think it's ours to lose. I think first and foremost, I think, Given that there hasn't been a team like Liverpool or Arsenal at this point to have gotten that five mm. to ten point lead over City, even though City have slipped up a bit, you know we've seen in the past that even ten points can't be enough against City sometimes. But you would just think that, as Ollie mentioned earlier, this team is just inevitable. This club is just inevitable, and you know props to what Liverpool are doing, props to what Arsenal are doing. But at the same time, I don't know. I do think. Sort of as you mentioned as well, that those that March run of fixtures where we play United, Liverpool, and Arsenal, of course, are going to change the entire landscape of things. You know, if we mm. come away with three points against both Liverpool and Arsenal, which who knows how likely that is, then of course it's wildly in our favor. And and to the opposite side of things, if we drop points in either of those and those teams continue their form, then you could be looking at them as the favorite. So I think it's kind of around that point where until then we kind of are just sitting in this sort of gray area where you can kind of say anything and get away with it almost. Um, mm. But I, I think, yeah, it's it's we have another month and a half sort of where waiting it out, maybe we'll get some separation, but I think it's going to stay pretty clumped together, even though there may only be two or three true contenders here. I, I don't know if we've been clouded by the sort of the last, I guess, five seasons or so, where it's always been City Liverpool, basically from the starting pistol in the Premier League. And then obviously last year it was Arsenal and City. So basically we've we've been dealing with two horse races. But I guess going back to like 2013-14 and, and the season Leicester won the league as well, Arsenal, Leicester, Spurs, you know, traditionally speaking, you do kind of have these teams bunched together at this point of the season. And maybe this is just like, a more normal title race than we've expected. Um, I certainly think that the points tally at the end of the season will reflect it. I don't think we're going to be touching the 90s. I think I'd be surprised if we even got close to that. Um, but I, I, I guess that the, the question sort of going forward will be, who is the team that, assuming City, as they have often done, um, keep this up, will go on and, and sort of maintain the title race with? I feel like it's Liverpool, but at the same time, a month ago, I felt like it was Arsenal. I don't think it's going to be Aston Villa. But again, they're still there. I don't. I, I, I just look at around, and every team seems to have a glaring, glaringly obvious um, fault. And it's almost as if Liverpool, Arsenal, and Aston Villa should combine, and they can all have <laughs> one third of a Premier League trophy each. Um, I, I guess we'll do this then, because obviously we're going to run out of time. But I, I, 
I want you to list me, um, if you can, who, who your top five will be for the Premier League. Um, starting out in fifth, starting out and going right all the way up to first come the end of the season. So currently, it's obviously, to reiterate, Tottenham, Arsenal, Man City, Aston Villa, Liverpool. What will that top five look like? Um, I don't know Don't know when the final game of the season is, the 20th of May or something like that. Um, match day 38 is, is probably the easy way to put it. Yeah, I think... My answer is kind of going to be the the vanilla straightforward answer, but I'll give my reasoning behind it. I do think the five that are there now will be the same five, not in the same order, but I think the same Mm. five will be there. The reason being, I think Spurs get fifth or fourth because simply based on the fact that they will win more games than they lose. And that sounds very simple when it comes to football, but we know their approach and, and how sort of front footed they are and how attacking they are. And I think in a lot of times that sort of, you know, nothing bar- hold, hold. They don't hold anything back when it, when it comes to their mm. approach to every single game. And yes, they're going to lose a few, but I think the amount of games that they win because of that, and just with the attacking firepower that they have, I think that that will do them enough to mm. get above the middling teams. You know, ostensibly below them, who you know don't necessarily have that sort of top level to get to. And I think in a, in a, you you can yeah. say Man United on this show, Alex. You can say the, <laughs> the middling teams who won't be able to get above them. Yeah, no, I think like compared to United, I just don't think United have that that ceiling in a way where they don't have mm. those performances so far this season where they're blowing any teams away. Whereas, yes. Spurs aren't consistent in that regard, but they have that peak at times. And United are more so in in that sort of middle zone where they never lose by too much, generally speaking. And but they don't win by too much either. And and when that happens, you just the, the variance of results there is just mm. a bit further. And then I think to to a similar regard in a different way, I think Villa will stay there simply because they're so well balanced. I think even unless they pick up an injury to Ollie Watkins or something, uh, you know. Aside from that, I think they're pretty damn set to be there simply because mm. you know they have a sort of answer for everything they can switch up their system a, mul- a multiple of ways they have you know great midfield depth and they're just incredibly well managed and then i think the top three will be city liverpool and arsenal i think it will if i had to make a prediction of those three i would say city first liverpool second arsenal third and i think there will probably be six or seven points to separate them come the end of the season i think it'll be relatively tight but uh, separating first to third or separating first to second? First and third, I think. I think it's going to be pretty Ooh, damn close come the end. I, I do think that, you know, if City do go on to win, I think there's a chance that, you know, we've seen in past seasons where, you know, we clinch with two or three games left and then you drop points in mm-hmm. those because it's just the, those games don't matter at that point. So I, I think come gaming 38, it'll be a bit closer, even if we do run away with it a bit. Yeah, um, I, I will say... Um, eagle-eared listeners if that's a phrase i can use would have noticed that ollie has has had to leave um technical issues obviously in the modern day world are prevalent and, and unfortunately they're no longer with us in terms of the recording by the way nothing sinister has happened i just said that out loud and it should clarify um but before they went i did ask for them to put down their um one to five and they've actually gone villa fifth spurs fourth 
And then similarly to you, Alex, Arsenal, Liverpool, City, adding a note as well, City to win before the final day as well. Um, I, 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 I almost feel like I don't want to say, um, because it, it, last time, I don't know if anyone listened to the, um, well, hopefully people listened to the end of year special, but we pulled up some old comments and, and I think Adam and I, a year ago this week, we're speaking about what the fuck was going wrong at City after the <laughs> Southampton defeat and how we weren't going to win anything this season and how the whole world was collapsing in on itself. So I'm, I might try and stay neutral, but I think we've seen enough, at least at this point, at least at this point before Saturday's game, to say that City should still maintain the title challenge. There is a question, I think, about whether or not City have the pieces within the squad because there's been so much change I do think there's a question mark over squad size as well Calvin Phillips looks like he well pretty much is going to leave will City replace him with a senior player unlikely but it you probably have to say City go on and win it from this point on they've got the experience they've got the talent they've got the best squad um albeit not the biggest squad as the asterisk needs to be implanted in there adding you Paul Merson um but yeah I think given the state of play City obviously should have their 20th game wrapped up by Saturday night and maybe we'll learn more from it after that but I think City are probably rightly favourites for now um I guess we'll call it a day there and we'll call it a week there Alex Uh, thank you very much as usual looking forward to seeing your um your lineup predictions uh starting odds and and seeing who, who's going to be in the team but as as listeners will know you've already given us your predictions so yeah massive thank you for jumping on yeah of course always a pleasure and um, hope you have a, a rest nice rest sheesh oh wow i'm stumbling easy on my for words you there. to say <laughs> <laughs> i hope you all have a nice rest of your day wherever you're listening in the world that's what i was trying to get to yeah yeah um you're obviously already thinking about new york which is understandable um (laughs) listeners in new york or elsewhere have a make sure you're geared up for man city's end of season running with mcdelivery great food delivered right to your door by using mcdelivery you won't miss a moment of city's crucial running and just like kevin de bruyne they deliver your order exactly where you want it order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app are you in at participating restaurants only 18 and plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands and the best part they're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Wonderful weekend. We'll be back on Monday. Hopefully, fingers crossed, speaking about three points for Manchester City. But until then, we'll see you later. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.